Hi everyone, this is Sammy Cantor, the rabbinic intern at Ikar here. This week I spoke about Tisha B'Av, and with all of the anger and just meanness I've been noticing in America lately and on social media, I wanted to explore um, what Tisha B'Av and the rabbis from the Talmud could teach us about how we could be kinder to each other and more humble. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoy, be sure to share and subscribe. A few weeks ago, Timothy Egan, columnist for the New York Times, wrote a piece with the headline, America is getting meaner. He cites a Georgia man who shot a supermarket clerk after she asked him to pull up his mask. He also cites an incident in Seattle where protesters gathered outside the home of a council member, taunting her with bullhorns and flashing headlights because she failed to vote for a bill they supported. And he asked, are people as awful as they appear on social media in arguments? It makes me wonder what is going on with us. How did we become so mean as a society? I see this article and I know from my own experience that this is true. Over the past few months, I've gotten to know many of you and and you've kindly commented on my smile and demeanor and someone even asked if I ever get angry. Well, I'm very touched, but I need to let you in on another side of me. In the past few years, I've caught myself being really mean. During the last election, no matter, no matter how many times I reminded myself that engaging in a war of words on Facebook was not worth it, there were times when I attacked those I disagreed with using brutal words. I lost my temper with a customer service agent recently on the phone who was simply trying to help me fix something in my apartment, but she had limits to what she could control. And since moving to LA two years ago, who hasn't honked and screamed at other drivers on the road? I'm embarrassed to say, but I've been mean. I bring this to you today because I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not the only person here who's lost their temper at a stranger, or exchanged words on social media you would never say to someone's face. And we've all seen the videos of maskless shoppers arguing with store employees. Or what about the arguments on flights? On a Sunday in late May, a flight attendant on Southwest Airlines from Sacramento to San Diego had two teeth knocked out after a passenger kicked her when she asked him to keep his seatbelt fastened while the plane taxied to the gate. What is going on with us? What is happening in our society that we are so mean? This Times column was appropriate timing for us as we approach Tisha B'Av tomorrow. Tisha B'Av is the ninth of Av, is a day when we reflect on the destruction of the Second Temple, and we also remember other destruction and loss of the Jewish people. We read the Book of Lamentations, which begins with the word Echa, how? It is often said the temple was destroyed because of sinat chinam, or baseless hatred. One might say we would even consider the behavior I'm speaking about to be sinat chinam. Then I would tell you all to be nicer and we could end this sermon. But upon looking at the reasons for the temple's destruction in the Talmud, I think there's more to the story.
The Talmud tells of two guys with similar names, Kamsa and Bar Kamsa. The host of this great feast was friends with one and enemies with the other. The host sent his servant to invite his friend, but instead the servant invited his enemy to the, to the party, Bar Kamsa. Fast forward to the feast and the host of the party is making his rounds and he sees his enemy. He tells his enemy to leave. His enemy asks if he could stay and just pay for what he ate and drank, but the host refused and he threw him out of the party. It's said that all of the other rabbis and sages just sat back and watched. This behavior is sinat chinam, the baseless hatred toward Bar Kamsa for no real reason. This sort of behavior is one example the rabbis give for behavior leading to the temple's destruction. However, upon further reading, another reason is given. The enemy Bar Kamsa wants to punish the rabbis for standing by to his embarrassment. So he sets up a test where the rabbis have a chance to either break Jewish law by sacrificing a blemished animal and save the Jews or refuse to break Jewish law, or I'm sorry, or, uh, sorry, uh, break Jewish law and save the Jews or refuse to break Jewish law and the Jews would suffer from Roman attack. Rabbi Zachariah worries about the perception he would give off the Jews would think of him if he went against Jewish law. So due to this fear, he says his hands are tied to the law. He remains pious to the law at the sacrifice of Jewish safety. He failed the test. Because Rabbi Zachariah's inaction, a war broke out. Rabbi Yochanan rules that Rabbi Zachariah's humility on Vatanu To destroyed the temple. Now what does this mean? How can humility be bad? Judaism prizes anava, humility. Yet we have this strange word in the Torah, anvatanu to, to speak of Rabbi Zachariah's humility. The word itself is an exaggerated, made-up version of anava, or humility. In the words of my teacher, Rabbi Dr. Devorah Weisberg, it's like anava, or humility, on steroids. So... We have two different things here, anava, or humility, and anvatanu to, which is an exaggerated form of humility. I like to think of the second as a posturing of humility. This is exactly what I see Rabbi Zachariah doing in this story. He has a false sense of humility. Rabbi Zachariah wants to be perceived as a humble servant of what is right, yet he ignores the idea of being humble to other humans in the process. He is more focused on himself being a man with humility due to his beliefs than actually exhibiting what I would consider a good kind of humility. The good kind of humility, one where we know our role, we know our limits, and I would argue act with others in mind before ourselves. The Talmud says that Rabbi Zachariah's sort of humility, one that prioritizes self-promotion for the sake of the law, over orienting oneself toward the humanity of others is what we should be warned about. How do we find the balance between good humility without posturing humility? Nachmanides, writing on humility, asked us to see every person as superior to us. 
If we see every person as superior to us, how does that change our tone when we disagree? What would that do to our interactions with each other, especially when we let out bursts of anger? For me, I've realized some of the times I've been mean in recent months, I was posturing humility. I was feeling a little bit self-righteous. I thought I was humbly serving the truth. That posturing of humility appeared when I saw my quest to further my political beliefs around equality as an excuse to attack the character of someone who stood on the other side. Or other times, I tried to shame someone on the road through my constant horn honking and screaming simply for pushing the limits of road etiquette. I felt a humility, a self-righteousness, just like I see Rabbi Zachariah exhibiting. So what would it look like if I tried to channel good humility instead of the problematic kind? Maybe instead of using harsh words to speak my truth, I could give those I disagree with an ear to listen before speaking. Maybe I could let someone in on the road even when it seems like they're wrong because I know that the few second difference won't make that much of a difference in my day. Or maybe I could treat those I meet on the street as if they are superior to me and know they are doing the best job they can to make it through their day. Not only would that send a more positive energy into a world that desperately needs it, but it also helps me lead a more stable, loving, positive life. Another headline in the Washington Post recently said, we live in an anger incubator in America. This problem isn't going away. I began today with the opening words of Lamentations, Echa, how? How are we in this situation? Yet we end Lamentations with the line, Hashivenu Adonai Lecha Venashuva, Chadesh Yamenu Kekedem. Take us back, God, to you and let us return. Renew us as our days of old. As we stand on the verge of Tisha B'Av, marking this tragic day and pledging to learn from what happened. I invite you to join me in an effort to exhibit the good kind of humility and veer away from Rabbi Zachariah's humility. I invite you to join me in thinking about how we can use our desire to be humble, truth-telling, loving citizens and apply that to more interactions in our lives. And I invite you to join me in upholding the honor of serving as a true humble servant in this world. As we observe Tisha B'Av tomorrow and approach the high holy days in the coming weeks, it is on us to use this lesson of Rabbi Zachariah's humility to remind us to lead with a true humility worthy of a redemptive age we long for. Kenya Hiratzon, may this be God's will. Hi, it's Mayim Bialik, actor, neuroscientist, ECAR member, and lover of all things Jewish. Do you like what you're listening to? Please consider donating to ECAR so that we can continue creating more podcasts and fulfilling our mission of harnessing untapped energy in the Jewish community to reanimate Jewish life, embody moral courage, nurture the spirit, and work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Why don't you visit our website at ecar-la.org and give today.